The first ever mention of the Camera Obscura is from around 400 BC in China, followed by Aristotle, who described it in about 330 BC, and then again mentioned by an Arab scholar Ibn al-Hayatam in roughly a thousand. But while the first handheld camera was designed in 1685, it was not until 1816 that the first prototype was ever created. Welcome to two thirds second. At the same time, I can interrupt you now. <laughs> Bastards! <laughs> I didn't want an explanation for that. You have to watch the Patreon exclusive on YouTube. Something like that. Nice play. How the fuck are you doing? And I'm red. And oh, I'm young. Oh, and that. And that. Fine. And How now the fuck that we are completely doing? confused Rasmus, now yeah. we're doing good. <laughs> Everything is as it should be, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, we just had the full start, so that's okay. As, as, we, as, we, uh, as I said in the beginning, um, before we had to start the recording again, like, we start the recording. Which Things are busy. Um, I mean, we're still only in october but um november Maya is, Cara is back already and that pisses me pisses me off excuse me what, what is back maya carey oh yeah 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 singing yeah, yeah. this fucking song in every store oh i saw i saw a freaking great meme the other day where you see a guy just like having the statistics of the youtube song with my my, my uh, mariah carey and you see like in, uh, over like the ca- last couple of years and you see yeah. the spikes and the, the replay time going up yeah and then December, you see just the start of the like December. spike going up it's always oh, starting again <laughs> it's not it's not even halloween yet and and christmas is back in all the stores that's so depressing yeah i'm, I'm not a big fan of capital punishment but when it comes to early christmas songs oh, i'm yeah. A lot easier to convince. Yeah. you. I mean, you're allowed to start celebrating Christmas December 1st, not before. I mean, it makes no Des- sense. You mean December 21st? No, December 1st <laughs> is fine. I mean, you're, when you enter December, that's fine to be excited yeah. by decoration and present and family gathering or friend gathering and everything. But like, damn, it's October. I like so, December. You can buy the chocolate Easter bunnies already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you just want to see the world burn. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs> Especially lately. No, it's it's getting closer to my vacation, so I'm I'm fine. I just have to pull through. There's an, one exhibition coming up and a shit ton of customer visits for the end mm. of the year discussions. But as soon as that is done, I will check out and be gone till January. Nice. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Where are you going? Want to say or not? Thailand. Did you? Thailand. Yeah, I think I already mentioned time. a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. I didn't know. It's just Red who is too old, so he doesn't remember. Yeah, exactly. I'm starting to forget stuff. Wow. And last week you talked about yourself being an elephant, or was it two weeks ago? Uh, I don't remember. <laughs> 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 it's easy way out of it. Oh, I've been sick uh, most of the week. Uh, bronchitis, I believe it's pronounced. Uh, thanks to the kiddo, we got that last week or the week before. Um, so I'm I'm kind of okay. I'm 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 just coughing uh, a lot, but I've been working a lot actually. Uh, we got hot water, yeah! Finally, the boiler is that's that's it, good news. Yeah, uh, it's been it's been quite. A long um, 
uh, journey. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, oh, been, it's been difficult I, to install. Uh, I, I have see. one of those stupid ideas where we can sort of plot the journey of Red on the podcast of sort of like fixing car, uh, moving yeah, house. Yeah. Cursing about not having internet, water yeah. damage, yeah. or water broke. But it, it, it's, it's a cycle because guess, guess what I've done today? I fixed uh, my car again. I had I had to change oh. a belt and oh please. you did yeah yeah yeah. So so, so, so what time tomorrow is the internet technician coming? Uh, yeah, I've got an appointment. I've got an appointment December thirteenth. Uh, Ooh, so no. maybe this year? Yeah, yeah I just want to say they didn't mention the year. No, no, no. I mentioned it. Uh, I, I was very specific when I I take the the rendezvous with the guys. So they, hopefully it will it will happen. Uh, I really hope it will, uh, because I'm kind of getting tired of getting uh, or begging for this uh, 4G uh, SIM cards. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's still free internet, but. It's uh, 200 gigabytes uh, on each SIM card, so it, it doesn't last a week here. I, um, I just don't get why they can't just give you a free one. I don't get it either, uh, but... Because apparently they don't mind you coming to the store and getting a new SIM card every yeah, other week. Yeah, yeah, no, every week, uh, basically, every 10 days. Uh, so yeah. yeah, they could just give me one like for... Uh, unlimited access to to the internet or 4g data uh waiting for the the guy to come uh but i i don't know they, they need more control i guess but mm. i i don't know so yeah it will happen hopefully uh bef- before the end of the week the, the year yeah the year so anyway uh, we had we have hot water i installed the new boiler uh, but as the previous owners uh, left a lot of things undone, I had to do floor tiling, paint, electricity, mm. uh, and plumbing in order to get my uh, boiler installed. So that that yeah. was a nice learning experience. Uh, because I mean, was... it looks like someone was trying to make some kind of booby trap hazard zone yeah, yeah yeah and all of that what you've seen uh in the picture uh that i sent you guys or, or uh that i published on instagram it was all hidden behind the, the fake cupboard fake fake cabinet ah. pieces of, of food so when we visited the apartment uh, and we decided to put it i have seen nothing of that shit uh and everything was working fine and then the border mm broke down it was like 25 years old so no surprise there uh but i yeah. love the electrical work that oh was yeah genius. it was great yeah, yeah. Uh, to put all the electric cable under the boiler was brilliant idea yeah, you just you just keep yeah you just keep the lights on and if the lights go out you know you have a water leak yeah and and every time you <laughs> you go in the bathroom you don't know if you're gonna live or die so it puts a little bit of uh excitement in your yeah, life i mean you need more excitement in your, in your life absolutely um, i mean it's been so long since you hurt yourself last uh three days so yeah. okay never mind <laughs> <laughs> i fucked up my thumb the other day but that's okay um okay so, yeah. well okay. thank you even more the mention oh yeah. oh yeah i forgot about that one <laughs> yeah i don't count anymore because it's I, i'm eh, i'm old i'm getting hurt that's that's normal stuff i know why you're why you're not doing kendo anymore yeah i couldn't honestly because it's it's uh yeah, no, i no. i have very very uh strong nostalgia about the uh, about those days where i was like 20 
making a three hours training of kendo practice, uh, getting hurt, being uh, it's great fun. I think people super great fun, and the next day you wake up like no, no, being happened. twenty. Oh, being twenty, yeah, fuck you. Yeah, now you, have to, <laughs> now, now you have the same amount of pain by just getting up in the morning. Like it's basically kendo training every yeah. single day. Yeah. <laughs> no, but no, it's fun. It's fun. No, it, the, the boiler thing uh, was also fun somehow because it was the new experiences and new skills, like doing the floor tiling was the, the first time for me um, and and plumbing that's something I've not done that much uh, I, I don't like it to be honest uh, not because it's difficult or whatever but it's just you being in a difficult position like under a sink or you have to crawl on the floor you know, it, it's, it's very uncomfortable Those, to do but what, pretty, what? pretty fun What's the phrasing? Like the lesser known yoga positions of yeah, construction work. Exactly that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm happy it's done. Um, the, everything is done in the house so far. The only thing we need is a, is a optical fiber uh, internet connection. So cool. it will happen in December. And other than that, I fixed my car again, as I said, uh, small repairs. Uh, she was getting noisy. So Every time I took my car, then the whole neighborhood was aware that I was leaving. Um, so I wanted to... Quick quick question. Yeah. Asking for a friend. Yeah. What noise level should be worrying in a car? Um, when it starts to... Um, when you turn your radio up all the way and you still hear your car. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's probably that. Yeah. That's that's a good way to. to and if the radio is broken too, if the good radio repair function doesn't work, by just like oh, there's a sound I don't like, I'm just gonna turn the radio loud until I don't hear it anymore. Everything is gonna be fine. Yeah. Or or in my case, I'll wear my Isotunes air defenders and I'll block well. out the world. Well, uh, in this case, if you see flames coming out of your exhaust in the rear of your mirror, like if you're driving at night and it looks like somebody's driving behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, it depends on noise. I'll, I'll look for that. Your car is noisy these days. Uh, it, it's uh, it's due for an MOT. Honestly, probably next next month at some point, and I've just not been thinking about it at all. Okay, they will tell you if something is wrong. But mine was starting to squeeze like a dead mouse or a dying mouse, so it was like uh, mine. Mine does that too. Okay, you should consider changing yeah. the belt. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I have I have a couple of friends who knows more about cars than I do, and uh, one of them haven't even helped me move the forge oh, yet. Even it's a so, new I, one. I think I have I think I have some leeway there. <laughs> nice. So it's been my week. What about you, Raz? What did you do? I well, I I've been to my fourth maker event this year. Oh yeah, I seen that on Instagram. Yeah, so it was Maker Fair Oslo. Nice. Or uh, Skapenfestivalen because it's it's not it's a Norwegian translation of it, but it's not actually a part of Make Magazine or associated with the Maker Fair brand. Okay. Uh, so they called it the Norwegian thing because that makes a bit more sense. Yeah. But a lot of the Norwegian fools and other shenanigans full of people uh, showed up in Oslo. Nice. And for once, it was really nice to not have to fly anywhere or yeah. pack anything. Yeah. I could just take the subway. Walked three minutes and I was there. Yeah. And speak whatever language you speak over there without having to switch in English. Yeah, and finally out of yeah. people who speak Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> we hunt the Swedish here. That's what we do. Oh. 
Yes. No, it, it, it was a fantastic little thing. Uh, also, I, I happened to end up on the poster of the event for some reason. What is that? I mean, it was this... I, I don't know. They were trying I was to on, make a was this... of the buffet. <laughs> what? Say that again. <laughs> they were trying to make a picture of the buffet. <laughs> <laughs> You're not too far off. Uh, but no, um, long, long story short, uh, Marius of Arndal Leather Company, mm-hmm. he came down or came up from Arndal on Friday, hung out with him, had a little bit of a chat, then showed up at the event on Saturday, met all of the wonderful people, uh, too many to mention, but I would like to shout out uh, Martin Badik, who came down from Trondheim, which is an hour and something plane ride away in Norway. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. That, it, that I mean, Norway. Hmm? Is that far away? Far away? Uh, it's... A seven hours by car if you oh, yeah, have well, so kind yeah. of a heavy foot. Okay. Oh, it's like Hamburg Stuttgart. Okay. Except Norway is stupid, so the distance isn't all that long. It's just the highways that are stupid. Yeah, it's thirty kilometer away from Oslo, and no, it's. No. Oh, I'm probably going to say this wrong. I'm 50. not going to anyway. Okay. It's more than fifty kilometers. Uh, anyway, it's 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 far away even for Norway, and okay. there's mountains in the way, which makes it a long drive. Makes sense. That's the point. That's what the point I'm trying to make. So he flew, and that's also great fun because he also attended uh, Maker Central, mm-hmm. and he was one of those people who showed up at Maker Central, sort of like a podcast groupie, not of us, but of Marius and Rickard's podcast, Brunsch uh, So they, they, he was there, sort of like going, "Yay!" cheering them on in the backgrounds and all of that. Nice. Um, being a part of the Norwegian posse or raid party, depending on definitions. Um, but yeah, no, uh, lots of great company. I got to wrangle in a couple of more friends into the Maker Faire and sort of go go around and saying like, you, talk to this person. They, they, they do funny things that you like. <laughs> nice. Uh, and did, I did that the whole weekend and like uh, Justin White did his, um, of Garage Avenger, did his podcast Make Ideas Reality mm-hmm. live with one of the oh, Norway's astronaut candidate oh. on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, nice. Really nice chat. Uh, and I think the episode is already out on his podcast, Make Ideas Reality. I'm doing focuses already. This is weird. That's anyway, okay. and uh, Brunjo did their live podcast with uh, Hans uh, Smogdog on Instagram, who is one of the, the leaders, uh, hosts of the event. Okay. And lots of good, good, good people, good events. And and it's just one of those things where you sort of get overwhelmed by the end because it's so much cool things yeah. from. Um, so first off this is what's in the major library in Oslo and they had just which is five stories tall and they are just like pushed as many chairs as they could out of the way and just like so here's the corner with all the cardboard and duct tape where kids can play here's the corner with like some robotics and electronics where kids can play and it was all of that like all through the stories a a corner all with sewing machines of just kids could have fun and play with that. Mm-hmm. 3D printers going. There was self-playing guitars just playing themselves, which was kind of weird. And uh, a few of the makerspaces in Oslo had sort of their zones and was showing things off, including two guys who, um, Simon uh, Amund, who was showing off uh, a digital display with ferrofluid and ma- electromagnets. Okay. Yeah. So this is a... It looks like sort of a, a bl- uh, blob of 
black goo uh-huh. that is attracted to magnets. Uh-huh. Okay. So yeah. they had a display that they would basically have electromagnets, some 250 something stupid, uh, in a grid. So they could use those magnets to turn on and off and pull and shape this ferrofluid oh, into different cool. shapes. And it, oh, I mean, cool. first off, freaking cool. Second yeah. thing, it looks freaky as all hell because the thing looks alive because it's sort of jiggling and wobbling as it's getting yeah. pulled and pushed along. So it's all kinds of freaky, yeah. but it's also so, so really cool. That's nice. That's really cool. Yeah. I like that. I, I can yeah, go on yeah. and on, but no, there's a lot of cool stuff. It's it's tiny, real tiny. It's like one library building, five stories mm-hmm. tall, and that's it. But no, there were people... Outdoor space for... There was, yeah, no, there was outdoor space. And they did have two two lads doing blacksmith out there, which I was happy about because I can just stand in the background and look critical at them and grunt. <laughs> uh, and they know. had like sort of a hot glue carpentry kind of corner outside as well. Okay. And there was a guy making all kinds of fancy soap bubbles, like massive ones. Mm-hmm. And there was a bicycling unicorn or oh. a unicorn Pegasus thing on a bicycle. So that when you were pedaling, forward the pegasus was moving and flapping its wings oh, as well nice like that yeah uh i have video things i'll try to get them on i'm hate myself for saying this on tiktok yes just after this yes <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah as i said i can go on and on uh, cool. but it's the first sort of uh, revival of the maker fair in oslo mm-hmm. and i think next year is going to be even better also because i'm trying to get them to get a power hammer outside yeah as you oh. should mm-hmm but revival yes. meaning that it's 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 not something new. That's something that they used to do, like back in the days. Yeah. Uh, so my old teacher actually, he used to be the one that did it beforehand. Okay. Uh, and I bet it was better back then. <laughs> because he's my teacher, I guess I have to say that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> also brings us nicely to a topic. Thanks. By the way, that was great. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. And yeah. Jan, take over, and I'll have my tea. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's pretty easy. Um, I was jokingly telling um, a buddy of mine a couple of times lately. Actually, it's like, oh damn, remember that? They just don't make it like that anymore. It used to be so much better, uh, which kind of brought me up the idea, uh, the idea to bring up that topic. Um, if that really is the case, or if it's just romanticizing stuff, or in stuff like tools, yeah. It's actually true. So um, before I, I mean, I, I've seen some of the tools that Eric of Handle Rescue has been restoring. Mm-hmm. They don't look better yeah. than what we have today. Oh, some of them were death traps. I mean, when you have a, it's a two-stroke single-cylinder dirt compactor that is activated by pushing the handle down, and due to the construction of it, whenever it jumps, it sort of kicks itself up in the air but the the handle has enough inertia that it pulls itself down again so by the time it lands it automatically fires itself again oh. so if you start it and you, if you're really lucky it will just go and jump around all by itself sounds yeah. dangerous sounds really fun up until it's exactly. not yeah but most most people only remember the nice tools or only survive the nice, tool, <laughs> the nice tools maybe that's the thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, what I can say for a fact, though, like when it just like starting off on tools is if you go back, I don't know how many, like a certain amount of years, like let's say or go electric tools, like the 50s, 60s, safety wasn't that big mm-hmm. of a concern. But 
long they were built to last mm. longevity was the the main concept so basically everything could be um repaired by yourself exchanged by yourself uh the, there's not many parts like you can change the bearings by yourself uh, everything is easily accessible you can change the cords by just loosening up screws today you can't yeah. do that anymore you so much of that stuff is actually glued yeah. in place with like industrial glue um this stuff is not the electronic compo components on circuit boards it's um smd so it's small parts uh they are not built for 20 30 40 years of use so they die after 10 to 15 years the diodes just give out mm. all the resistors so and then there's no way on repairing it without exchanging the circuit board. Uh, apart from actually Resoldering circuit and boards. And that's with SMD, that's not possible because you got multi layer boards. Ah, you can't just rip yeah. them apart and just fix something and like the third layer of it. Yeah, okay. So, um, in that case, they're just broken and they're designed that way. They're not designed to last forever anymore because they want to make money and they want to sell a new model. It's, it's becoming a business or it became a business model over the Yeah, it, that's, know, that's uh, planned obsolescence. That's what it's called. Exactly. Yeah. Pretty much. And it didn't used to be that way. And that's why I think, and this is why I also often excited about older stuff and older tools, because it can be, you can repair it, you can restore it, and you can use it, and they're mm -hmm. still functioning fine. Maybe not as good with as much power or as not as energy efficient as newer parts. But just to take something that you know, like I've seen. Well, for example, um, I got myself a camera for my vacation now. And uh, this is not speaking of the tool. This is just a normal analog film camera. Ooh. And it's built in 1954. Nice. Oh. So that thing is older than I am. And it's still yeah. working. Apart from you. So this is, or unlike you. Excuse me? Un unlike me, exactly. <laughs> I'm younger and I don't function that well anymore. <laughs> but no, it's just like, it's stuff like that where it's like, if you just stop and think about how old stuff is. It's the same. It's like, well, if you go out and buy your scissor now with the, like the plastic mm. handle and the normal, like cheap press steel in front of it, you're not going to keep that around. Like if that thing goes dull, you throw it away. But if you see like the nice ones, the old massive scissors for, um, like what people use that yep. are sewing, like working with fabrics a lot, those get resharpened and resharpened. I mean, those are heavy mm -hmm. steel, scissors and they're absolutely fantastic like this is stuff what i love about it like get, coming over old stuff like that and just being able to use it and this is why i say in general yes i think things used to be better in a sense that they mm. weren't wasteful at least not with the materials they're built off maybe energy wise so you have to draw a line somewhere but um this is what it has more charm to me than any something new of course, you're not going to be able to buy a 30-year-old laser. At no. least I don't recommend yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to say, like, <laughs> there's certain things where it is definitely better today than it used to be. But yeah. you're definitely right in the sense that the mentality around a lot of tools have changed. Where before, you would, you would buy a tool to keep it for 20, 30 years. Also, probably because like technological advances were kind of slower... So it was easier for that tool to sort of be modern for longer. Whereas today, like you, you can buy angle grinders now, which you can hook up with Bluetooth to your phone. What? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah. 
At least in Norway. I mean, Why? it's not common. You can get them off Bosch, their website. It, what, what? They get diagnostics, adjust the speed. I don't know. Okay. Uh, it, it seems like it has a because lot you of... You can do that all because people are always looking at their phones. You can one-handedly yeah. like, grind something Upside down, down while adjusting it. <laughs> Damn it. That's, yeah, that's I mean, it's, it's only those... one speed to angle grinders. It's full speed, and that's it. You don't have to change anything. Uh, when it comes to wire wheeling things, having adjustable speed is really nice. Yes, but you can have that as a knob on the Yeah, I agree. On the machine. I agree. Itself. Just being picky now. It's like... Because it's... Uh, well, I would see it as an inconvenience, like getting your foot... Like you're holding a workpiece, preferably with both hands, grinding it down. Yes, you can take it away from that. You hold it in one hand and adjust the knob for the speed, or you can use that hand to like reach for your yeah. cell phone. <laughs> like it's like maybe not on a grinder, but um, with other tools, you might wear your gloves, so yeah. you can't unlock it directly because you're wearing your safety glasses and um, the face unlock doesn't mm -hmm. work. So what? You're taking off your safety glasses while the grinder is running, looking yeah. at the phone, unlocking it, yeah, uh, just yeah, to yeah. speed higher, to like just to make sure that you're unprotected. I, I, I mean, someone to needs to keep the nurses busy, and it's usually Steve. Yeah, so, exactly. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's doing it on purpose, Probably. though. Probably. He's been single for too long. <laughs> I, oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm realizing he might kill me for saying that, or he might that. never listen to this podcast again, and we'll never know. How, lo how how long? He will listen to it and he will curse you out. He, he does that anyway. Yeah, so you're good. True. How long ago are, you, are we talking about, guys? Because I I kind of agree with the they used to. That depends on what you're yeah. talking about. Are you talking about lifestyle? Are you talking about tools? Like there's a certain I think time where stuff had like a golden age mm. or like um new or felt like a pioneer thing or something um i fondly remember my time when i like grew up and was in my teens like 17 18 but it's romanticized like when you had time when you yeah. just like got out of school and you had yeah. that long summer break and of course you remember those things you don't remember that you were broke all the time because you didn't earn money like any money at that so you had time but you weren't able to go anywhere yeah. because yeah <laughs> no freaking money um the, the heartbreaks the first ones you have with like 16 17 mm -hmm. like the big ones um when suddenly like your girlfriend is going to study abroad and <laughs> you're left behind and shit <laughs> yeah. like that it's just like those are the stuff you don't think about you think about it it's like oh hanging out with your buddies like no taxes no yeah, like no worries, yeah. that kind of thing. So this is when you talk about time. So there's always the grass is always green on the other side, I, as they say. I, I, but when it comes to tools and stuff like that, I don't know. It's like I didn't appreciate it. If you would have asked me when I was like 17 and I would have to work with tools, I would have loved a brand new tool and not like the old one. I think this is something that's coming now by understanding how wasteful our society has become mm. with that. I, I, I would like to play a bit of an opposition there. I think good quality tools simply were more affordable back then. Whereas the more affordable tools now are of such a shitty quality that they don't actually last that long. That is true. Yeah, and it's not actually you, that you can cheaper. still buy a completely new mill and it will be a majestic beast of machining. And you or you mm -hmm. can get a really old one and it will be beat to shit. Or it might actually not have as many features. Yep. 
because the uh, like the, because the new it's so much easier to make a higher quality tools today. But the millet will do those not so many features for another forty years, while the other one will probably do it for fifteen, then break down, irreplaceable. irreplaceable. I, I I don't know. Um, I, I, you you might be right, but I I would like to think there's still companies out there who simply does the best they can with what is available and almost ignoring the actual cost and cost savings. Yeah, I'm not sure. So I'm because I work for machine manufacturer or like I work a lot with them with the measuring systems. Um, I get calls all the time from people saying, well, their measuring system broke and they need replacement yeah. for it. And that stuff is built in the 70s, mm-hmm. the measuring wow. equipment. Okay. And it's been running till fine till now, but the LCD display, uh, the seven segment display just died on the controller and they would like a replacement mm. for that. Then you have to tell them like, sorry, that part has not been sold for the last 20 to mm. 30 years. Yeah. They need a replacement, but we got something similar. But uh, no, the, one of the reasons, and I sometimes I go there and I see the machines, what they're working with, like the mm. big old lathe mm. and they're cast iron. Mm. And the nice thing about cast iron is, especially because the limitations, there were not that much geometry to it, so mm-hmm. it just made them heavy, yeah. so they wouldn't move. And um, they weren't good in the beginning, those, but with the lathe, they can age well. So what happens is basically the cast iron settles, and once it's settled, they can become, and they are adjusted with it, they are really accurate. Yeah, no, that, that's true. So there's a lot of refurbishers here in Germany that love and look for those old lathe to basically refurbish them with CNC, motors Ooh. like drives and everything and new measuring systems because the machine bed itself is such a high quality yeah so just basically combining new with old yeah i mean uh, there's i think i think it mostly comes down to nostalgia for more the idea of the good old times being so much better mm-hmm. i would still like to believe that it is on in all scopes really better today but yeah planned obsolescence is definitely a thing but then again yeah. Also, technology is also moving so much further that the actual lifespan of an item, you don't want to keep it as 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 long because the new thing is so much more shiny when it comes out. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk talking about technology. Then um, maybe it's technology wise, yes, but maybe it's not uh, actually helping you improve your skill. And I'm not saying it's like use a shitty tool to get better at it, but uh, let's use a camera. You got your cell phone. And the last vacation I went on, I made about 300 pictures on the cell phone. And those are the ones, like, I already sorted out the bad mm-hmm. ones. So what you do is, like, you shoot everything without even thinking much. What everything, like, just looks cool a little mm-hmm. bit, you make a picture of it. Just imagine you're having an analog camera. First, the quality. Quality easily holds up to every, I don't know how many megapixel cameras, like, even the cheap ones, because analog is what mm-hmm. it is. It's analog. So you do capturing a true image on that, not with electrodes, but like on... Yeah, no, you're, you're capturing molecules, basically. Yeah, exactly. And uh, the second of all is by only having about, let's say, take a 35 mil, by having 25 pictures on a film, you really have to think about what yep. you want to shoot and how you want to do it. And when you get back, you have to develop it. So you don't, you have to anticipation. You're not sitting down the evening at the bar just switching yeah. through your pictures. No, you're basically, you're coming back from the vacation, or if you can't wait that long at your vacation, you go out and you like get them developed, and you like wait it for like two days, or maybe a week, till you get them back, and then you go through the pictures. Or you just engage your brain before you take a picture, and you can still use the cell phone and feel 
good about it. But do you do that though? But like with the full knowledge of that, you can shoot anything you want, like at any time, with the with the cell phone. I mean, I uh, I I got myself a new fancy phone, and yeah, it's really nice to have a phone that actually can take decent pictures. I still want to pull out my DSLR, my my seventy Mark II, and take photos with with that because. I guess kind of to your point where it's a bit more of a process of getting into the mindset of taking a picture. But there is no limitation in how many I can work and experiment and get that good one perfect shot. Yeah, I would. I kind of agree, but uh, well, I have to disagree in the following term because you're using a digital DSLR. Yep. And I'm not saying like this is a bad thing. I'm just saying it's like compared to your phone, it's basically the same function. You can directly check a picture, you can delete it or choose to keep yep. it. There's no anticipation for it afterwards. Also, Only problem though? Um, if you have a 7D mark, like if you have an older digital um, like DSLR or a newer one, they both do the same yeah, yeah. thing, like exactly the same. But I am noticing though, that when I take pictures with my cell phone, it's mm -hmm. it needs to be, it's a lot more of a conscious effort to remember to take photos in landscape, which is kind of silly. Yeah, but when it's just the camera, that's the default. That's where my mind lives. As soon as I pick that thing up, I have nearly fifteen years of experience using it. So it's like my reflexes mm -hmm. take over. Using a cell phone is kind of new to me, which makes me sound like the old guy, and I don't like it. So if you're shooting portrait and you're like keeping it vertical or landscape mode, like for landscape, yeah, yeah. But, whoa, surprise! <laughs> that's actually where the name comes from. Strange <laughs> that. Anyway. I can highly recommend um, a medium format camera because that's like shooting Insta pictures all the time because you got a six centimeter square usually. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what the sensor is in the 7D? Yeah. Well, it depends on. There's the different one. The one with 120 millimeter film, there is the uh, six by six. And well, I'm not a specialist because I'm really just reading into it, but there's a different other ones like uh, i think six it's always six careful now multi is going to listen to this and then six by eight oh he already <laughs> no, he, he will just <laughs> i already <laughs> ask him like i don't know how many questions about it like, hey, <laughs> i just bought a camera and i don't know how to use it <laughs> yeah no he's been a great help absolutely yeah and he's really good at it no but you have different like uh basically the, the, the width is six and then it depends on the sensor size so you get a 120 film it's called and then you got the uh, six wide, and then it's the length is whatever the sensor uh, can capture. So I think the Hasselblad is like a six by eight or something. Maybe I'm wrong with. That I just part. use it. And then there's like the six by. Six, I don't care much. Like six centimeters by six centimeters. I just. Sorry, yeah, I'm learning. Yeah, I'm just so, take pictures and I look at them and I'm happy. I think that's exactly what it comes up to, all comes down to uh, the intel that you have in the tool that you are using. I mean, you, you just said you don't care, you want to take pictures. And for you, what's important is taking the picture and not the tool that you're using to take the picture. Whereas, yeah, yeah. you can be uh, very specific about the tool that you're using, the camera that you're using, depending on the on the picture that you want to take. And that's why he, he bought this old camera to uh, now before he goes to Thailand, because he wants, he, he told me before the show, he wants to do a black and white picture over there because it will give a very specific um, soul to to the, the picture that he will be yeah. taking over there. Well, also play with Also, pictures, yeah. But yeah, to kind of like to get a certain vibe 
for it. And you have to choose beforehand what kind of uh, film you're putting into the camera. There's no yeah. applied filter afterwards, which that, is also I, nice. What I, I like about um, technology is all the possibilities that we have with it now. Like uh, taking a picture with my cell phone, I, I can apply filters. I can ch change the color, the luminosity, and do whatever with the picture. It would take days into a black chamber to do the exact same thing uh, with with the old-fashioned film pictures that I used. What I used to do when I was in in high school, uh, back in the days, using my dad's camera. The um nostalgia is very much there when we are talking about old tools like you were talking about mini machine res and um i've been wanting one for years but if i had the choice between a brand new mini machine and a, an old bridge board for example i would be torn between the two because the new features of the brand new machine would be very appealing to me but the look of this old machine that is probably older than my grandfather or would also be some kind of an appeal and all the story that he has behind and the strengths that you know that he can uh, have and it will never break basically that that's, yep. that's the trust that you can have in this old machine is is also very important for people like us who like tools but when it comes to a drill i don't want to use my grandfather drill i have i have it uh, when he passed away I, my, my grandmother gave it to me it's a black decker it's bulky black yeah, decker black decker as i said <laughs> <laughs> because it's french it's what it's ah. been bought in france no it's not yeah, the it, french it's been brand in france. so uh it's it's, it's how it's called it's it's a black decker uh, <laughs> and it's it's super heavy it's bulky it's all square and and you can't uh, drill like twenty holes uh, in 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 a plank with that or, or on the ceiling uh, because it it, it weighs five kilograms. So when I want to drill, I want it to be easy to use, powerful, but also light. Mm. And that's why I, I I fucking love technology and new tools because they they uh, answer to a need or, or it, it's improvement all the time. So. Of course, you 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 can uh, take into consideration the fact that the brands want to create something uh, good-ish for a lesser cost. Uh, they want to sell a lot, so they need to appeal to the customer. So they put LED lights and and Wi-Fi and USB plugs everywhere, fucking where. And selfie yeah, mode. But, mm, <laughs> um, I, I would wish someone to make a drill with a selfie oh, I mode. Love that I would love. Uh, I, just for the stupidity Actually, of it. Actually, I know a guy that invented it, uh, uh, but... Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, you will cut that if you want in the book. Uh, when, when you no, 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 go on, um, go on. I have a book uh, called Suicide Method and uh, and 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 something, something. Um, who, the, in that book, there is all... The last how-to book yeah, you need? Yeah, exactly. That, that's pretty much it. Okay. Uh, with a lot of pictures and, and description. And one guy was uh, decided to, to take his own life uh, by drilling uh, his own head uh, with a drill. And he managed to drill it uh, with a 10 millimeter bit three times 
before he, he finally succeeded in in taking his own own life, which is like wow, it's, it's the ultimate uh, drill selfie. It's a special yeah, kind uh, of it's, so that's dedication as it's well. It's dedication and motivation for sure. Uh, another guy decided to do that with nails, and he, he managed to put five, uh, six inches nail in his skull before before dying oh, okay so, yeah people are very um motivated creative and motivated creative. When, when they are disparate yeah that's anyway almost impressive yeah you can cut that it was just like between us um what the fuck was i saying uh, yeah technology i don't i don't know <laughs> technology is, is nice because it's always improving something that is already existing and they want to make it better most of the time. Like, take cars, for example. I I don't know anyone that would um, go back to ride a 1930s car on the road, on the highway, right now. I mean, there is a reason. I know a whole bunch of people who would no, do that. they would yeah. buy the car because of what it represents. Because it's an old car, it's nice to repair, it's easy to repair, no electronic, and yet it has all the story and the weight of history inside it. Would you drive that fucking car as fast as you can on the drive on the highway? to go to southern france for holidays in germany you would have to do in order to be legal on the road yes no, sure. yes. but, <laughs> but when you do in germany but, and you hit that bit of an uphill you can see the fuel gauge move faster than the speed gauge yeah exactly no, but um, you, you see what i mean no it's like it's, it's it's difficult to say it's maybe not the 30s but um there's still a lot of people that drive their cars from like the 70s as a day and i can understand yeah. that but that's not the most comfi- comfortable that's not the most uh secure way of traveling no it's not but in their but in their sense it's the most reliable ones because they can and i totally i totally get that easily without when being i was a, a kid i wanted a, a a beetle a, a volkswagen beetle because it's so easy to just mm-hmm. dismantle repair you, you can rebuild basically anything and everything on that car and it will still work whereas on on newer cars mm-hmm. there's still a bit of electronic there's still a few things that you can't fix by yourself because was, uh, either the, the parts are very difficult to find or you don't have the knowledge as a basic mechanic guy or, or, or jack of all trades and you have at some point go to a specialist and, and buy the, the tool that you need, the, the, the part that you need or have them do the job. But take just the number of people who die on the road each and every year uh, over the years and you can see that it decreases because the technology improves in cars so i think that yes you can love the way a specific car looked uh, back in the days or how easy it was to repair but when it comes to security i wouldn't dare put my child uh, and go to go in vacation in in the old car because i if the yeah. if if we have a crash I want him to survive. I, I want him to be safe in the car. And that's where technology is very important to me and, and always wins compared to the back old days where, as you said, we had no worries, mm. no trouble. 
no tax, no job. It was like all fun and kind of small obligation. I, as kids, like you go kiss your grandmother and go to school, do your homework and eat your vegetables. Okay, that was it. Uh, other than that, we were free to do the fuck we wanted to do. Uh, including mm. fuck our knees on the on the the, the ground on the road, uh, riding back without helmet and and crashing into each other, and that was the fun part. Um, oh, did you also do jousting? Yeah, and you, and you learn not to do it like too often, basically, yeah. or too fast. Did you say it right? <laughs> did, did you did you also do bicycle jousting? Uh, yes, we did. Absolutely, of course, <laughs> we did that. We did with. Oh, you mean with the, yeah. with yeah, the with broom a broom and like, a yeah. lid yeah. and bicycles trying oh, to do it without hands? Oh, come on. Exactly. If you didn't do that, you and didn't we, live. With, with <laughs> a little bit of cardboard just on the back wheel to have the sound of the, like a motor and, and stuff. Yeah, to make you sound yeah, cool and exactly. fast. Exactly. That was the good old days. But, I mean, if you compare, uh, that's why I was asking, uh, when are we talking about? How long ago are we talking about? The good old days for you, Raz, can be very different compared to the good old day for me Yesterday. because of the age difference, right? And and if you talk to, yeah. to uh, a grandfather who's 70 or 80, the good old days for him would be his childhood probably. So 60 years, 70 years ago. And comparing technology of these two very different era is, it's like impossible to compare for me because it it's always better now. Whatever I can think of, to me, is better now. Probably not the tools. Probably not the the um, reliability. What's the fucking word? Like the trust that you can put in a in a tool, uh, like very solid, heavy uh, cast iron tool. Yeah, it's reliable. Yeah. yeah. Now it's obviously cheaper, made out of plastic, and it can break more easily. Yeah. But everything else in the world, communication, transportation, technology health, education, everything is better now. Uh, we have a better life because it was hard sure. before and the human race is doomed to progress to probably is uh, death. Like we are burning everything that we can burn in order to make it better and faster and stronger and so on and so on. And we will probably mm. die from it, all of us. But until until that moment uh we are i think growing as as a um civilization towards better stuff the only thing that i i i see going worse uh like worse in the bad way is probably mentality mm-hmm. of the people because they take so, things for granted so easily um not everywhere depends on the country obviously and and the way you live and the the wealth of the country and, and, and your I, own, but, but the, also the course of a little bit of communication and the possibilities, like with exactly the and being connected worldwide and seeing what's going on in the world and taking some of it as a measurement, especially seeing it. Um, uh, how do you say it? Like, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for. You can find anything on the internet or everything on the internet. It's just depending on yeah. what you're concentrating on. And AI and algorithm won't help. It's like the same with Facebook, mm. where they tested it and showed just like people the mm-hmm. same shit over and over again to see how they would change the behavior. So yeah, that, that has some downsides because that didn't used to be in the way. It, it, the world wasn't better. There were more wars. There was more hunger going on, but people were much yeah. more sheltered. Yeah, there was less information being, about it. 
yeah, exactly. There was. But less was it a good thing or a bad thing? So, it was. It was probably a good thing because people were protected from. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, um, if you weren't it, living it, it, yeah. it used to be. From a psychological side, for the ones that actually were doing better and didn't see yeah. the other one, yes. But knowing now that there is shit in a country enables the people that are not living it to try to um, act on it, like push people to react and to stop it when it's something really, really wrong or bad. Mm. So that's that's also as a plus side. Oh. The downside would be, yeah, you you turn on your TV and you're seeing death and war and shit and anger uh, all over the world, and it can be fucking depressing. Yeah. Uh, but you can knowing. I I've always thought that knowing is power. Like education is a good thing. It will gives yeah. you more opportunity, more option, and and. Uh, but you science. also need context for exactly. You know. Yeah. Because if if you, I mean that's something I kind of noticed in America. What, uh, not that I watched a lot of the news over there, but it seemed like all of the news stories was made to make you feel scared. Yeah, because there is no context. Mm-hmm. No, no, that's that they. It seemed like they tried to spin most of the stories to make you exactly. feel afraid of something. Yeah, because there is because yeah, because there the is no context of the information that are given oh a guy was shot in front of the walmart today yeah okay so it's scary he was shot all the cops are killers the guy was just uh, waving a knife in front of a six years old girl that's the context of the story he got shot Mm. good job cops that's that's what i want to say you you know the the context yeah and that's that's a whole other conversation of uh racism and shitty cops and systemic yeah, yeah. issues uh, obviously there is there is always a way to um uh, present a fact and i think yeah, yeah. that the problem in, in in many countries and not only in the us is that there is there is no context to the story that they are selling you because they want to manipulate you and make the story scary as as you said obviously yeah but this is something that's always been an issue it's just not been on a global scale like Let's say, put it that way, um, going back further, like if we were looking back and like what was mm-hmm. the supposedly better times was uh, basically the media deciding what the truth was. And if you were lucky and like the state TV or the, the state newspapers, they were kind of neutral on the mm. whole thing. At least the law mm. told them to. But if you look back on it, there was just neutral as a widespread <clears throat> thing that can be... Yeah. Like seeing some of the older news uh, articles is... Some of them are heavily tainted by like the politics at the time. Mm-hmm. Let's put it just put it that way. Um, today you have the communication on the internet. You have pictures without context, and everybody can comment them. Everybody can throw out their own um, how do you call it? Mm-hmm. Like own two cents yeah. on it. So um, and some of them then there's the trolls, the false information, and and political background and motivated uh, people that use information to put them in the wrong light. That's why we had the last time about a different perspective, like what they want you to see. Like you can take any picture and just spin your own story around it and throw it out there and you will have people commenting about it and it might go viral and the story can be completely false, but it doesn't matter. There's like a much huger dynamic and that wasn't possible back then. There's a problem with lack of, of context for a story. 
back in yeah. the days, uh, as yeah. we say, the journalists were doing their job of journalists. It was like facts checking, uh, explaining the context, how it happened, why it happened. And, and then you have the fact, you have the story. Now, as you said, everybody can say whatever the fact they want and they are uh, misconstruing uh, an opinion with, with a fact or, or uh, factualization. But, uh, even, even that sort of sense of fact checking, that's very modern in the, in the broad scope of things. Uh, mm-hmm. That's something that specifically, or sort of ethical journalism as we think of it today, was invented after the Spanish-American War in the late 1800s, late 1880s, mm-hmm. 1890s. I, I'm not sure, and that's when you—that's when false news was invented. They called it yellow journalism. You would have because they were trying to just write up propaganda about the Spanish and the horrible things they did, and nobody was fact-checking anything. So journalists were just inventing things. Like inventing battles and death scenes and stories of brutality and everything just to make the Americans seem like more of the good guys and just to sell newspapers. Yeah. They were also paid to the line. Well, so no, nothing, nothing much has changed. <laughs> well, well, the, the backlash of that, it, people caught on to it because like soldiers were turning and going to the other newspapers who hadn't done these false mm-hmm. stories and said, no, here's actually what happened. None of that is even remotely true. And then we ended up with yeah. more ethical journalism. The, 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 the journalistic standard was set after that. And now we have the internet where people can... And everything is shit again. Not, not necessarily. There is a lot of people on the internet fact-checking what's been said or is being said yeah. on TV, on the different channel or in the internet and saying, no, what you've, you've seen as a story, it didn't happen like that. We have, we have been investigating, we have been fact checking and you can see that what you've been told is wrong. The, the yes, but we have so many trolls on the internet right now. I can basically make a picture of an empty soup bowl and say, "Today I had soup," and somebody else was says, like, "Yeah, this yeah, is no problem. Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's. <laughs> I mean, internet plus people with too much time on their hands, it it can always, yeah. uh, it will always end badly. I I, th- I think I heard a good comparison though, that it it might even be outdated now, but I think the point still stands that in one daily edition of New York Times, New York Times today. Mm-hmm. There's more news in it than someone living in a village before the Industrial Revolution would get in their entire yeah. life. Yeah. Now think about that scope of information. The, to go back what we've 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 talked about uh, like uh, a little bit earlier, uh, there were a study. There was a study not that long ago saying that a ten years old kid watching two hours of television every day, I've seen, I don't remember how many, but murders, rape, and wars uh, act. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's like really difficult to just imagine um, compared to the life that people were living uh, uh, in before the 50s, before, before the two big wars, let's say. Um mm. The, yeah, some wars, some events, but it was like life was going on and they were harvesting and they were making shit, uh, using old tools and it was hard, but they were like, it was simple life. Now when you are 10 years old, you you watch TV, you know that the world is, is shit. Having that conscience is is not easy to just 
living is just more difficult now because of that. But this level of communication yeah. and, and technology that we have also brings the exact opposite, like more comfort, more uh, enjoyable stuff, uh, more knowledge, more consciousness, and, and the possibilities are better now to just improve stuff, I think. But just my opinion. Yeah. I feel maybe maybe it's just circling back to the whole context thing, although that might be wrong. No, no. To me, it's more about not be uh, being yeah, not being uncritical, not skeptical or cynical, mm-hmm. but just avoiding being uncritical to what you consume. Yeah. Like, especially when it comes to social media and all of that. Like, have a conscious thought about what you're actually consuming of content. Yeah, yeah. And take it with a grain and of salt. consider the context that's produced in. Yeah. Like if if a news channel lives on or a YouTuber or something lives on selling on your emotions and they inspire fear, that's not healthy. And it definitely doesn't give you a correct view of the world. As as Jan mentioned earlier, like yeah a lot of Western national broadcasting and newspaper, they tend, they, they, they aim to be non-biased and neutral. They are not because they're humans behind it. Not only... But if you watched a couple of constricting views channels, mm. then maybe on average you'll get something that looks like a, a, a true view of the world. When you have talked to your grandmother and grandfather uh, father over the years, do you think that they had a simpler life? They were happier back then compared to, to what we are now? Not happier, but definitely simpler. And I think they were more content uh-huh. in the sense that they, they, they I think they had a, as much emotional anguish that we have mm-hmm. today. But I think the general state of being was more content than afraid yeah. or scared or stressed, for that matter. Yeah, stress was, def- I think, definitely less an issue. Back then. Like, just, just looking at my grandparents and the way they like, handled yeah. things. Yeah. Well, they were stressing about stuff. Like, I'm not saying that there was no stress, but it was uh, different. At least to me, it's sort of the comparison of what you're used to. If the worst yeah. pain you ever felt is stubbing your toe, then yeah, that's the most horrific things that happened yeah. to you compared to someone who's lost yeah. an arm. I mean, the emotional anguish they both feel in that moment might be the same because the one has just never experienced anything worse to compare yeah. it to, right? Yeah. Is, does, that exp- does, does that comparison work? It works, at least for me, because my, uh, yeah. my grandfather, one of my grandfathers lost an arm during the war and, and yeah. as they had experienced World War II, the level of fear or pain was really high in their life. So after that, all that came after that was sort of a bonus, like something that they have gained on life or or won. yeah, yeah, and uh, so 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 I wasn't I wasn't laughing about that that arm story. I'm just you to remember about that. Um, if you're asking somebody if it was better back then or now. And I thought about friends. I was like, oh, there's probably, there were some guys standing next to a guillotine <laughs> thinking like, oh, yeah. well, <laughs> it's definitely not better here. <laughs> that, well, that's that. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it all depends on, on your... Like they would strongly disagree that everything was better back it then. It depends on your experience, I, I guess. 
Uh, Standing next to a guillotine, yeah, I think that would be pretty. Uh, it depends if you are the guy <laughs> putting the string or you're the guy putting the head in it, uh, on it. Oh, I, I'm more thinking about the the, the head thingy. Yeah, so yeah. no, not good, not good, yeah. not good either, either that time. So just sort of before we meander too far away from focuses, I think I just I, I had to double check one thing. But in the last fifty years, the population of the of the planet has doubled, yeah. and it, in that time. Not in percentages, but in numbers, pure actual people suffering in the world, in war, civil wars, hunger, famine, all of that, it's down a lot, nearly by half. That's impressive, somehow. Which, which, I mean, and if you look at the news, like we mentioned, and everything seems to be more and more horrible because, well, the newspaper wants your engagement, they want your emotions... Fear is and anger is a very easy emotion to conjure up because you don't need to say anything that's true. Yeah, that's why I don't watch TV anymore. I, the the repetition yeah. of this, yeah. oh, we are all gonna die all day long on all channels on whatever the topic is. The see, it was yeah, kind it of was. Without TV. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> um, to some extent. I agree. Yeah, but also at least for me, when it comes to the news, it's the whole concept of. Is this thing I'm reading now going to be relevant next in a year? Probably not. In a month? Maybe not. Next week? Some things absolutely not. Some things are just filler today. And if you don't need some kind of escapism, then I'd skip that and focus on something else. <laughs> Woohoo! I almost was oh, proud of that. That was well done. I am that so well proud done. of thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll, I'll take. But you've quite... already done yours, so oh, fuck off. <laughs> so he stole my segue. So then I'm gonna start with the uh, um, focus. Yep. And do something Ras usually oh, does. I have damn. three. <laughs> Bastard. The first one I mentioned earlier, yeah. uh, James, aka Malty, aka Malt Make. Um, he helped me out immensely. I wrote him today and I was just like, you, you need to help me. I bought myself a camera and um, I'm sure you already did the research. It's like, is there some kind of film you recommend? Not just did he write me the film he recommended, but basically it's like, okay, so here's your option. Here's what you can do. Here's the, he basically gave me the whole background. So uh, I was nerding out a little bit with him and was really, really, uh, yeah, I'm really, really thankful about it. So I, now I have my homework to do, but it pushed me in the right direction and um, I can't wait to make the first couple of pictures. So what that was the first thing. No, let me check what the second was because I already keep forgetting. Um, the second one is a channel that um, concentrates on the whole thing, uh, which is called uh, mm-hmm. Japan Vintage Camera. Um, it's also like great guides to check it out. And uh, if you want to look at photography and like old photography, uh, I watched, I think, two videos there today. Uh, the One of them is the, the, the type of camera I have, just the, the general type. Okay, so, so YouTube channel, not website? YouTube channel, Japan Vintage Camera. Cool. Exactly. And uh, that one was really good. And the third one is, and now one of you is probably going to start yelling at me because uh, also it has to do with, this one to do with filming. Um, some of my f- most favorite YouTubers had a collab, and it was the slow mo guys together with Electro. Ooh, all right, that's yes, okay. Yes, 
see watching himself get electrocuted with 1.7 oh, nice. million frames a second which is absolutely <laughs> fantastic <laughs> no it's it's um well I'm, I'm an electronic technician so for me uh it was enough to completely nerd out about it to actually see how uh he had a tesla module to see how the arcs are going over and it's it's, it's basically like watching a uh lightning strike mm-hmm. cool. in slow-mo yeah. So it was, and, and it really slow-mo. I mean, so fast, even with 1.7 million frames a second, but absolutely fantastic. Just watch cool. it. Red, you want to go next? Yeah. Um, so mine is a TikTok channel that I stumbled upon a few days ago uh, called Jazz underscore Sketch. Uh, I believe it's a young woman. Uh, it's very short videos. It's only sketches. Uh, it's, it blow, it blew my mind because I would love to be able to draw as uh, well as she does sketches. Uh, she does a, a little bit of everything. It's usually, uh, anatomy sketches. Uh, I like the style. I like the style of the videos. I like the style of, uh, sketches. Um, I'm kind of jealous because I don't have that kind of skills. Uh, drawing for me is a, is, is a torture. Uh, it's really difficult and I really have to take my time and to, yeah, it's painful. Uh, but she makes it seem so easy and so enjoyable that I highly recommend, um, her TikTok channel. And another one quickly, uh, is back. We're all doing multiple yeah, stresses with. Yeah, okay. but this one is is important. Uh, he's back. And if you know, you know. And if you don't, I pity you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's really informative. I'm really glad oh, you guys, told us. You, Red. You, you don't know then. Doctor Who? Yeah, he's back. <laughs> oh, okay. No, I actually didn't know. The only thing I saw is that the news that it will be on Disney+. Yeah, well, yeah and he's year. back. Disney Plus and BBC, and he's back. There is a third one. Uh, I'm super late to the party, but it's uh, The Crown on Netflix. I've just finished season two, and I'm amazed by the quality of the show. Uh, so it's just my opinion and everybody knows that it's already a good show and it's been well directed and it's the actors fantastic and the attention to detail, uh, details and re- uh, realization uh, are great. Uh, but that's true. Uh, so I'm, I'm really enjoying the show at the moment. So if you haven't seen The Crown, um, go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, yeah. I've been spoiled. I already didn't, I already know the end because Rasmus told me the queen died in the end. But it's a good show. <laughs> Go watch it. I haven't seen The Crown, no, but well, but I know I know a queen yeah. died. Shut up! Your turn. <laughs> uh, I I would like to focus on the two. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys from at the Norwegian maker community that are all brilliant people. Um, most importantly, though, I would like to just give a shout. Well, I mean, um, I should, though. Brunsjö Hontvark did their live thing, which is Marius Bodwin and yep. Rickard Salveson. Yep. Both of those are also brilliant yep. guys. And to just have a shout out, but they are all in Norwegian, so not that fascinating to most people, I guess. 
it's fascinating to me that you can speak Norwegian. So yeah, still. Me too. I'm su- I surprise myself every day. Well, it's not that far off from Sweden. In fact, a lot of years. <laughs> uh, my re- my first real one though is Justin White, Garage Avenger, and his podcast Make Ideas Reality, who did that talk with Norway's astronaut candidate, and it is in English. And it's a really nice, fascinating chat about dropping out of high school and finding yourself being a candidate for yeah, space. That's great. It's a lot more things in between, but like, that's the kind of person he is. He dropped out of high school. Gives orbs to a lot of us. That's interesting. Yeah. Even <laughs> yeah. you, Red. <laughs> uh, second is Hans Gerard Meyer, a smug dog on Instagram, who is one of the lead people uh, uh, hosting, making the uh, Skopje Festival, the Make It Fair Oslo, happen. And he is himself basically the Norwegian version of Adam Savage. I think that's the easiest way of describing mm-hmm. it. And it's not like taking, it's giving all of the right pictures. Uh, he's the kind of guy who solves very unnecessary problems just for fun. He uh, And he also just gets ideas and then goes with it. Like having a tall bicycle parade cool. and things like that through Oslo right. or I think it was Oslo. Uh, and then going on to make a spacesuit for his dog. Yeah. Just because. Yes. And a lot more of hilarity on his Instagram, if if you care yeah. to look. Yeah. He is good. I did yeah. see the mm-hmm. dog. Let me see. That was great. Any last little tiddly bits? Nope. Not from my side. Not today. Then only I would like to mention that I have one market left that I'll be attending in person before Christmas. That's in Drabak, 19th and 20th. I need to double check of Century? November. Oh, no. Okay. Yes. 19th and 20th of November at Follow Museum in Drabak. That's the last market I'll be at before Christmas. But there are classes up on the website, including one in December, where you can come to Oslo and make a rose in an, an afternoon. And there's a few spots of the knife making course as well, and more classes on next year, if you happen to be in the neighborhood, which is probably three of you. And apart from that, if you want to get a hold of us, please don't. But you can through Patreon at patreon.com slash two thirds focused. And that's the same mostly for all of the other mostly social places. And you can find me at Rasmus Lewin and Lewinsmeer.no. And you can find me at the Red Smith or the uh, Red Smith uh, on the internet, especially at theredsmith.com. Uh, you wanted to say especially on TikTok, I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me at on nerdinventor.com um, where you find links to all the other Ooh, And last thing, if you actually want to order a Christmas gift, start thinking about it now. Especially to... Because shipping can yeah, be a bitch. Yeah. And, and making it can take time. As well. Yeah. And I heard Red is going to have a kink section. A what? A kink section of Christmas sales. No, never mind. With with, with America <laughs> song in the background? Maybe, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It depends on... <laughs> yeah, I'm not that much of a... <laughs> <laughs> You've never Thank seen you me naked on Guys. a red uh, cushion? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you're missing out. Till next out. time, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye. bye. <laughs>